stream the show on demand at KetchikanRadio.com. Monday, my friends. Michelle here with the Greater Ketchikan Chamber of Commerce for Business Matters Monday. And as usual, on the line, we have Dave from the governor's office. Hey, Dave, you're an old broadcaster. I almost like forgot which buttons to push. It's been so long. <laughs> We're, you're, you're a little out of practice. Listen, I have a funny story to tell you. Um, I have a, a very funny story to tell you, or odd story, I should say, today. Um, you know, because sometimes I bring stuff to your attention, and no, it will not be bringing stuff to your attention of my bad behavior aboard our cruise. But no. <laughs> um, so, tell you what, um, just, I'm just don't shoot the messenger here. I'm only going to tell it like I heard it. So, I get this call. We get all sorts of calls at the Chamber of Commerce here in Ketchikan, and I get this call from Juno. It's from a Juno chamber of commerce member uh businessman up there who also owns a tourism business um and he said he was very uh you know obviously he, he wasn't he wasn't wacky or crazy i mean this this guy knew what he was talking about he was clearly extremely uh out of sorts and concerned because he got a call from a gentleman at dot um, who informed him that his business, which his tourism business involves transporting people via bus along the road system in Juneau, uh, I guess out to Mendenhall Glacier or something like that. Anyway, uh, and this gentleman uh, from DOT said you are out of compliance with the right-of-way uh, regulations and therefore uh, you're going to have to, uh, I guess, file a permit. But until then, uh, for this upcoming summer, you will be shut down. Just like that. Did he get a letter? And, and so I said, well, so I quizzed him. I, I thought, is this some sort of a scam? And he said, no, no, he actually went to DOT offices in Juneau and met with this individual along with some other supervisors. And not only uh, they, they couldn't figure out or they couldn't tell him how to apply for said permit. Uh, they couldn't explain what that permit was. Finally, they gave him another gentleman to call uh, for this particular permit or something. But after they told him they would be calling all sort, they gave him this long laundry list of other tours and businesses in Juneau, and he called me because they said that they would be calling businesses in Ketchikan as well. So obviously my radar goes up at this point, and... Um, he, we, we were talking. He said, oh, wait, that's the supervisor. Um, so he said the supervisor called me. We, we chatted later in the day. And the supervisor had no way of processing this said permit. So it goes all the way back around. No one in DOT knows what the heck is going on. They can't give any answers. In the meantime, they're out there threatening people with shutting down their businesses. What in the world is going on? Uh, well, first of all, is did he get a letter or some sort of written notice or some sort of document? Because I mean, government tends to operate with paper or some sort of paper trail or some sort of case number. That, that way we can track what we've done, if nothing else, uh, to cover whatever departments uh, took us is, is behind this. And it also gives us, because the bureaucracy is enormous, 
uh, a way of going back and and researching or rectifying this? Did he did he scan or send or email you a copy of any documentation he has? I'm going to follow up with him today because he said that he did have an email chain. He then subsequently called me back, and this is also of great concern to me, and spoke with a way up the food chain supervisor in DOT who apparently did a little investigating on his own, and this particular individual within DOT seems to have been targeting this particular business, had some sort of grudge, I don't know, but it didn't seem like it was on the up and up. This is very concerning (laughs) to me, and I would imagine I have not heard from any businesses in Ketchikan that have received any sort of communications about this, uh, but I told him I would keep my ear to the ground. Uh, But still, okay, either A, problem, rogue employee, or B, other problem, all of a sudden, uh, as uh, tourism businesses are making their bookings for next summer, they're being threatened with being shut down? Yeah, I mean, what, what does a right of way is? What does a right of way have to do with a vehicle? I mean, is his garage in the right of way? Is his parking lot in the right of way? I'm, I'm, I'm to me, and like I said, I'm coming into this cold. I have no prior info on this. I, I yeah, I, I would, I would personally need like copies or, or some sort of info that, that I can turn over to our DOT policy folks and, and run this to the ground. Yeah, I will, I will totally try and get that for you. Apparently, it has something to do uh, or concerning vehicles that transport passengers who then let those passengers exit the vehicles within 100 feet of the right-of-way, which if you think about Ketchikan, that's like the entire dock. Yeah, that's everywhere, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, basically. Um. Yeah. I and and like I said, this is the first I've I've heard about it. So I really don't have any sort of um reference point. I I, I mean, I've, I've not heard about this at all. So if if I can get more information, you can either send me what you got or get permission. Probably get permission from the gentleman to forward it to me. And you have my contact info. You can send it to him too. Yep. And when I spoke with him on the phone, I indicated to him that we had. Uh, we had a weekly radio show in that you called in and that I would I would mention it to you, just that I would mention it to you. But I, I will get in touch with him again and make sure and get the, that email string. And then also a follow-up, like, you know, what happened now? Is, you know, is this taken care of? But but again, in my mind, my simple mind, I'm, I was kind of coming in cold like you are. You know, you've got one or two problems here, which is one, a seriously rogue employee, uh, and two, possibly a a regulation problem. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I just, I I have no idea if DOT's been in conversations with this individual for months, if not years, and they've been unable to resolve it. It's literally been, uh, from what he told me, like a week and a half. Yeah, well, I, I think the email chain will will, will help me research it. Um, yeah, I just I'm, I'm sure, I don't know if he's listening. I, I have I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I, I, if you forward that that stuff to me, then then maybe I can I can at least research it and find out more. 
Awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate it. What else is going on up there in the governor's office? I don't know. You have any other angry constituents calling the show? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, I, we haven't had the show in, in weeks because of the holidays and traveling and everything else. But Oh, yeah. So, uh, you, you know, next week the legislative session starts, and today the legislature uh, pre-filed a bunch of their bills, and there's anything from police operational standards to looking at pensions for some government employees to amending the Constitution, prohibiting or allowing for some funding measures. Uh, our our uh, pre-filed bills, I, I don't think, uh, come out yet. They may after either right before the legislature gavels in next Tuesday or shortly thereafter. I can never remember what the timetable is on that. Uh, but one of the things that, that the governor talked about and is a bill that we'll have more information on over the next few days is is the carbon credit uh, financing initiative. I know that uh, people have been talking about carbon credits for, for decades, and it, it is oddly the new economy of monetizing areas of land that you can't or don't plan on developing uh, and, and being paid uh, for a term, usually 20 years, sometimes a little longer, to not develop uh, those lands. And so when some people hear that, they think, well, the governor's going to, uh, you know, shut down the North Slope, and that, that most certainly is not the case at all. This has, this has nothing to do with North Slope operations in many respects. It can help and expand North Slope exploration and, and development because federal law requires carbon offsets or carbon credits to develop natural resources. So we will have more details on this here over the next few days. Oh, hey, hey, hey. That leads me to my next thing. By the way, uh, Greg Carlick from the Ketchikan Community Foundation is in the house. Just I wanted to let you know that. Uh, so interesting other topic came up. Uh, and this, uh, you know, many for the listeners out there who don't know, you know, the chamber recently back in September took over the took over the management of uh, the Southern Southeast Alaska Building Industry Association, otherwise known as CBIA. So we were having a meeting last week and you uh, over the last many months have mentioned that housing is is really on, on the governor's priority list, right? Of course, you know, you cannot have any economic development if you don't have housing for people. And so there was something put out uh, a few months ago, and I, I guess Representative Ortez down here in Ketchikan uh, was chatting with some of our Builders Association members about it. Uh, but basically, there is a, a, a good source of buildable or usable lumber over on POW uh, that is of quality for people to use to build homes. But they can't. They can't do it because they can't grade their own lumber over there. And there's other there's other states that do this. Uh, I don't have the list in front of me, but there's like five other states that allow on-site grading of lumber. So what that means is this particular builder was telling me um, what that means is that uh, a typical home buyer person who's building a home could literally save $27,000 about if they could simply go over to our neighbor island and buy the lumber that they need, uh, not all of it, of course, but but some of the, the key parts from uh, small lumber mills over on POW. So the question for you is, you know, honestly, it, this is not final exam time. I didn't mean to put you on the hot seat today, Dave. <laughs> um, but the question is, uh, and I need to follow up with the Representative Ortez, was this is going to originally 
uh, go through legislation to allow this local grading of lumber. Uh, and apparently now it's going to go back and instead go through regulation. It'd be interesting to hear um, any for future calls, uh, and I'm going to have the Builders Association on this show on the 23rd, um, but to, to but to see what the governor's take on that is, because to me that seems like a great use of our natural resources, and the governor's always been a proponent of that. Oh, yeah, and, and you know, so two things. Uh, I, 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 if, if you can send me so, some info on that, I, I know that, that one of the problems that we have in, in state government is we have these these tiers of bureaucracy that, that we do or, or we've established because we've always done it that way, and it, it, it can be a titanic pain. Uh, but, but the other thing, going back to the carbon credits, if, if people would say, well, then we wouldn't be able to cut those trees down or develop that lumber. The, the state of Alaska would have ultimate say in, in what we do and don't develop, and if we find an area that we want to develop, we would carve that out of the, the carbon credit umbrella. So, yeah, yeah, given that, that you know, the, the state of Alaska is, is just like any other government entity, we move at the pace of government, um, most certainly, um, I'm, I'm sure you have, just like in the previous situation, an email chain that's gone back and forth, I, I'd like to hear more and see more about that. I, yeah, I actually have the document, uh, and, and I can I can share, an official document actually did come out. Uh, so, with, with the references to the other states, I just happened to leave it at the office today, but yeah, it's quite interesting. To me, it, it seems like it would be a no-brainer right? I mean, the builders are saying this is good quality lumber that I can use to build a house. I can save uh, buyers money in building a house. And uh, hello, (laughs) like we need housing bad. Need housing. And and of course, there is a a, uh, raw material shortage all over the all over the country, uh, not just exclusive to eggs, although that was troubling over the past week or so. Um, but yeah, yeah, the, the the sooner that we can get timber to to developers and, and contractors, and if we have timber in an area's own backyard to, to cut and, and use for construction, that seems like a no-brainer to me as well. Oh, and there's another piece to that, uh, this that the builder was telling me. So already residents of POW, um, and perhaps other places, but he just mentioned POW, because he does some work over there. Um, well, so if you don't have this graded lumber, or let's call it certified lumber, then a bank will not lend on that house. So what a lot of people do, kind of as a workaround over, at least on POW, he was telling me, is they don't they don't have the bank finance the building of the house, right? They get the land, and then they just build it piece by piece, you know, cash out of pocket, because then they can use the local lumber and save a boatload of money. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm just telling you what he told me they're doing over there. But yeah, so anyway, uh, to me it would be, you know, there's development happening here in Ketchikan. It's certainly a push for more development in, in Ketchikan because, you know, housing is a huge issue as it is many places around the state. Boy, this would be a great thing for all of the economies. No, I, I, I totally agree. Put it put it on your email list to me, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> Give me my homework. Giving you the laundry list. That's what happens when you haven't talked for me uh, with me for so long as I get to thinking, I guess, too much. Because <laughs> normally we're just talking about your backyard barbecue or something like that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but but no, that that's great. If you if you send me those points then I can run some of those to ground and uh, uh, get back with you. Okay, and then uh, yeah, because it you and you'll have plenty of time because guess what? Next Monday is a holiday as well. It is. It is. 
Martin. I really got to look at my calendar. Martin Luther often, King Day. I do. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Well, then, then I have two weeks. Are you going to ask me for a term paper? No. <laughs> no. No. But the nice thing about it is, and why I brought it to your attention, is uh, that uh, the builder who brought this to my attention is going to be on this show that very next week on the 23rd. Oh, very cool. And and very so cool. he's the guy that Chaz, Chaz Edwardson uh, spends basically 50% of his time over on POW and 50% of his time building here in Ketchikan. And so he's got those connections. He would be able to explain it way better than me. In the meantime, I'll send you that document. Perfect. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to talk to you again, and uh, we'll talk to you on the 23rd. Absolutely. Enjoy your guest. All uh, right. Chat with you later, Michelle. Okay. Cheers. Bye-bye. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Uh, actually, that was the most serious talk that I have had with Dave in the governor's <laughs> office in a really long time. Um, normally, he kind of gives me the rundown of what's happening in the governor's office and up at the legislature. And, and then we have a few brief chats about something like Halloween candy or whatever he's barbecuing <laughs> in his backyard. So that, I, think, yeah, I think I came in out of left field. Anyway, welcome. You have something that's really important for folks to know. Ketchikan Community Foundation in the house, chamber member, and uh, they have a really important thing coming up. But first, uh, speaking of members, don't forget to check your inbox. And if I did not have an email for you uh, or you haven't received an email from me, uh, you will look for a hard copy of your membership investment invoice uh, here in the very near future. But all of the others have indeed been mailed out. And I really appreciate all the members. Like this is when I always get the slew back of, hey, so-and-so is not here anymore. Or can you or can you add these five emails to the mailbox list and this and that and our addresses change and on and on and on. But that's good to have and we really appreciate everyone being members of the chamber. So speaking of, you have you guys have been exploding over the last year and you've got something really important coming up and a way that you can help people with that. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for having us on. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all the listeners out there. Um, yes, we are really excited here at the Ketchikan Community Foundation. We have our First of all, we have our grant cycle that happens every year, um, but we are really excited about this year's grant cycle because it's new and it's exciting and it's a big number. Um, so we are going to grant out fifty th- up to $50,000 to one local nonprofit uh, to help them impact their nonprofit. Not necessarily... Um, w- something for the community but for maybe not for, like a project for the community not, but something to maybe grow their nonprofit yes okay not, all our nonprofits in this community are fabulous and do amazing work around here and they do great work for the community but sometimes um, maybe the nonprofit needs help doing what just being them right and so we want to impact a local nonprofit with a huge grant this year and whether it's um, you need a new boiler and that's not in your budget cycle or whatever or whether you want to do something to make your nonprofit better at what you do mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. and so there's not necessarily well, a, no, i got a question already yeah. I, i'm just full of questions this today this is good all right so this it's a fifty thousand dollar impact grant is that in lieu of or in addition to this the other little group of grants that you So get? this is in lieu of. So okay, so this, no little grants this year, one big grant. One big one, and that's why we, we came up with the name Impact. We wanted to make an impact on one of our nonprofits, and hopefully, um, God willing, that this becomes uh, every four-year um, type of grant. I mean, that's what... Because that's yeah, there's a different theme the other three years, right? right? So you, usually we have three themes. We, we try and impact the youth 
one year we try and do um, physical and emotional support one year and we try to do community enrichment those are our three theme grants that we've been doing um, I think this we went through two cycles uh, so far but we came up with this um, idea and we've been kind of storing away a little bit of money every other year every year and we were able to come up with um, this fifty thousand dollars for this cycles grant that's so cool. Now, I've got, I, you know what I would love to be is I would love to be a little, or, or are you going to share um, all of, because I want to see the list of what people thought an, their impact would be. Like, what was their, what was their, is it boilers or is it, I, I don't know. I want to see the list of what people's thoughts were. Well, that's, that's kind of the, the exciting part of this thing for me as well. Um, I don't know what's out there that they need. And so... Right, but I mean, after they apply, that's what I want to see. Well, maybe we'll come back in uh, after we're done and we, we give you the, the winner of the grant and then we can talk about the grant, the actual other ideas that are because out there. Because you know what? It, there's Okay, there's a fact of life. There's always a winner and there's always someone who doesn't win. But that doesn't mean that the whole laundry list of people who had these ideas in their head didn't have awesome ideas. Correct. You're absolutely... I would not want to be on the selection committee. <laughs> we got a good grant committee, uh, uh, selection committee Do coming up. Do you keep up. them super top secret? Because um, n- I could see why you would. We haven't given out the... the so-called non-win let's call them non-winners they're not losers because they are there are great ideas every year that right. we wish we could fund um sometimes we just don't have enough money but um we haven't talked about getting that list out um as far as the other ideas that were there because you know what there's something just occurred to me um not to like take away from the community foundation but you know catch can people here get behind and support and give to so many different things if the non-winner list came out at some point um, with like a little paragraph about, you know, ABC nonprofit, um, this was their proposal and -and so-and-so did this proposal. I bet you someone in Ketchikan or another group might step up and say, hey, we'd like to help with that. Um, For example, it Rotary might. I'm involved in Rotary. It could be that someone uh, said that, uh, I'll just use our old project, the Wish Playground. Maybe Wish came and said, we really need a playground because the kids have no place to play that's safe. Well, some other group in town like Rotary, that would be totally in our wheelhouse. We would say, aha, we could do that for them. No, that's a great idea. And um, we'll we'll talk about it and maybe we can... that's why you need to keep the committee super top secret. (laughs) But we, we as a foundation and nonprofits or or uh, organizations like Rotary, maybe we need to have a collaborative effort to each other and say, hey, here's products we've got that we couldn't do, and maybe you can do it. And mm-hmm. that's a great idea. I like I like it because we're there are going to be this going to be tougher than it has been in the past to I select know. one, only one, only not one. like eight or right? nine. <laughs> yeah, which we usually try and do, but um, so it'll be. A, I'm hoping. I'm hoping we get some really good projects out there that we have to really have good discussion about. But you have to make the application, which is the other reason why you're here. Yes, right. So there's, so our grant cycle application is now open. Started January second. It goes until February twentieth, and so. So you still got some time. We got some time, and we've got uh, some help for you along the way uh, that we'll talk about as well. But you need to get on our website, catchcancf.org, and you can go to the grant. Um, website uh section and you have to apply online so only online yeah 
only only people only and if you need help you can always contact us Um, our program manager Aaron Tillery is available for any questions Um, you can email her at e Tillery T-I-L-L-E-R-Y at ACF.org and she can help and ask uh, answer any questions or she can forward them to uh, probably myself uh, so I can help you um, answer any questions we can we also have another we have an opportunity for you um, coming up this month uh, a grant workshop that we're putting on by zoom um, and so you can email Aaron for that zoom link as well <clears throat> excuse me um, so we're what we're planning on doing is we're having a couple of uh, members from Alaska Community Foundation that do grant writing all the time and give you some tips and tricks and help you with the actual writing a grant not necessarily our grant but any grant that was going to be my question because a lot of organizations in town go for various grants and it seems to me since the pandemic there's a lot of more grants available right right and so this this webinar that you guys are putting on could be something that would be great for anyone, even if they weren't going to apply for this impact grant. Correct. Yeah. If you're not ready to do an R grant, um, they're still, they're grant writers and they're specialists in this situation. And so there'll be a Q&A session for, with them uh, about writing grants or any grants. And um, so they'll, they'll be there to help that. And we'll also have a Q&A session about this speci- our specific grant uh, after ACF does Make sure thing. and record that. Good idea. Um, Make me- sure and record that. And I'll tell you the reason why. Because um, last, uh, last month when we did our webinar on the, the new health care insurance that we're rolling out um, for small businesses, yeah. uh, we made sure we had Albert from Moda Healthcare um, go on and explain it. He was fabulous. And obviously he's in Anchorage. And, but we recorded it because it was the middle of the day. Or, you know, people are busy, right? And so, man, my phone started ringing off the hook. Emails, hot. People are like, hey, 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 I couldn't go. I couldn't go. I need that. I need the recording. Yeah. And if you do that and send it to me or give me a link, I'll make sure and share it to all of our folks, too. Okay. Excellent. I like it. Um, But, yeah, so we're going to have an opportunity. Uh, A, we we always want to help our nonprofits do better whether it's our grants or other grants. So we're, we're offering that um, training opportunity for the grant workshop January 24th at noon. Um, we try to do it during the day, lunch hour, give yourself an opportunity to attend. Noon to whenever we're done. Yeah, let's, we'll say that roughly 1, 1.30 or so. Um, but then you'll, you'll have an opportunity to ask about grant writing in general, and then we'll have an opportunity to ask us and uh, the board specifically about our grant, this 2023 impact grant. You know what's going to be interesting to see? And not, I mean, this is more just like nosy curiosity on my part. So we've had these history of, let's call them groups of little grants, right? Correct. Um, And you get lots of neat applications for those, and you guys do a great job with that. I wonder if for this impact grant, will you get more or less? That's that's our that's my stress situation right now uh, because this is um, something that I'm I've been pushing forward. Um, so I don't know, but I want we've been wanting to get the word out, and I want to see what the nonprofits need or think or or create. Right. So we've 
we've really reduced the guidelines as far as this grant goes. Usually we have, you know, needs to focus on the youth or specific things. And now we still don't want to necessarily fund salaries or, you know, rent or anything like that. That should be in your normal budgetary situation. And um, But we broaden this thing. We open this up to anything potential. Um, we want it to impact your nonprofit. But I'm, I'm really curious since I'm not a, I'm a numbers guy, not a creative guy, I want to see what the, what they need and what they want to do. Right. And so I'm excited for what potentially could come in, but I'm also scared. Like, Oh, nobody wants to do it. Okay. So here, okay. I have another question. I don't know what the deal is. You get back on the radio after a month and it's like, I'm full of questions, but anyway. Um, so I'm going to use Rotary as an example again. So Rotary has this, this thing that they call global grants, right? Um, they give grants out from the Rotary Foundation in, in smaller sizes, for example, like to help us build the Wish Playground or do a project every year locally. But a global grant is much larger in scope, typically involves two different countries, and but and it and it's always a project, okay? Uh, but there are very strict parameters on the how sustainable it has to be. So, in other words, you can't um, go and uh, build a build a school and walk away. There has to be follow up and to make sure that the, the teachers are there, that this is a, all the different components so that the thing is still operating for years and years and years to come. Would that, would that be the same, um, would that hold true with this impact grant? That holds very true to not only this grant, but in, in every other grant that we do, because that's, that's our basis of the foundation. So um, our, our, talk when we talk on the board and stuff like that it's called we talk about in perpetuity our endowment fund is made to last in perpetuity mm -hmm. right like the permanent fund it doesn't touch the principal we get only um grant money off of the interest that we make so that perp in perpetuity or that sustainability is what we focus on and so not only is that on our fundraising that we focus that we want it to keep growing but also in the grants committee that's what we want to do and so those words sustainability um in the future that kind of stuff is what our grants are wanting to be for and so that's why we say we don't want to do salaries because we don't know how that's going to affect your budget next year in the long term and we don't really want to spend or focus the money on that type of thing that may or may not be there in the future um so uh, i was actually had a question a couple uh, last week or so about this this grant cycle and i'm like it it can be in your grant um, but you have to you have to tell us how you're going to keep this going for the future, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so we need good documentation. You need good verbiage that says, yeah, we once we get this up and running, it'll be there because we have this, this, then this. But um, so I'm excited for for the possibility of what is out there because the nonprofits are way better at creativity as as far as what they can do and what they need. Um, but when you make this grant or when you when you apply for this grant have that word sustainability in, in the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. You know, no, I totally make sense. And also it'd be interesting to see how many of the applicants are going to say, um, I'm, I'm going to make something up. Okay. This is not a, on our radar. Right. Okay. But like, let's say the guys um, and, and gals for that matter uh, over at CBO said, Hey, um, we want to uh, start a workforce development program for the trades. 
and we're we're working with KHI on that and and in in uh, there we go there's your sustainability uh, we, so we've got our partners at KHI we've got this and that and we have again making this this number up we have twenty five thousand dollars of our own money to match to make this impact is that something that w that's going to get you higher on the list extra credit extra points extra credit points yeah right as my my high school math teacher wife would say that's going to get you extra credit on the on the test so yes if you have the doc documentation on our grant you have to say who you are what you are and where you've been and how you've been doing it for so long and you also have to have a budget mm -hmm. when you submit a budget to us and so we are excited about huge projects we'd love to do huge projects and if we are fifty thousand part dollars part of that three hundred thousand dollar project and you've already got 250 lined up and the reason I met the reason I, I use that uh, as an example is because CBO would not apply for a grant like that and the reason being, to me, it wouldn't be uh, the honest thing to do, I guess, um, or it would be selfish to do because the National Association of Home Builders already has a grant program specifically for that, okay. which they have applied for through KHI, right? right? So it, th there already is a source of funding. So to me, that would be kind of rude to other organizations to kind of reach out for more I don't, I don't know maybe that's just me no i mean first of all you gotta you gotta fall on under that 501c3 program right right as a nonprofit, and so that that starts getting us um into the nonprofit realm now granted you can partner up with a business like sepia is gonna go with madison and join together and with their two hundred fifty thousand dollars and our fifty thousand dollars we've got this program or whatever it is project um Ready to go. Well, Sounds great. And here's the thing. The CBI and the Chamber are not 501c3s. They're 501c6s because they're membership org membership yeah. nonprofits. Yeah. And so that right there um, actually kind of levels the playing field for a bunch of other nonprofits out there because, you know, that immediately shows you that CBI, the Chamber, uh, quite possibly KVB, unless they have a foundation of some sort, um, Rotary's a C6, believe it or not. Individual clubs are only C6s. So any of those kind of membership groups uh, don't fall under, generally speaking, under 501c3. And call Scott Edwards over at Milner. Anyway, if you have a question, because I'm not the accountant person. I just know this. <laughs> I'm not very good on that sort of section. That's why we um, your application goes through Amer uh, Alaska Community Foundation first before it comes to us. So mm -hmm. all that individual. Um, Top off the top of this thing, fee up legality stuff is taken care of at Alaska Community Foundation. <clears throat> excuse me, and then it comes to us. As and they're a super helpful. Yeah, they're oh, they're the fabulous organization that has helped us be who we are today. That's where we run our chamber scholarship through. Yeah, they're so great. they're they're fan and look for that again coming soon. But wait, there's more. There's always more at your chamber, it feels like, lately. <laughs> All right, so January 24th, 12 noon, Zoom webinar, how to write grants for this specifically, not only regular grants of all sorts, but also the 2023 Ketchikan Community Foundation Impact Grant, $50,000. Only one grant, people. Probably would behoove you to go to the webinar. And who do they call or get in touch with to get the Zoom link? Uh, so our program manager, Aaron Tillery, uh, 
her email address is e is an echo t-i-l-l-e-r-y at acf.org um, you can also go to our website catchcancf.org for other contact information and grant information um, perfect yeah I love it that's awesome that's awesome and guess what in case you didn't know Ketchikan Community Foundation keeps a little little spot in our office too we're getting to be this yes. big hub over there now. <laughs> Grow Catch Can, the Chamber, CBA, Community Foundation, you name it, we got it going on. Hey, speaking of what's going on and websites to go to, we, she's back, the Queen of Hearts is back for one appearance only. Only one appearance this year. Last year, one winner took home $6,500. Here's how it works. Head on over to catchcanchamber.com before before Friday at 11 a.m. every week. And you can buy tickets. I don't care how many you buy. Some people buy a lot for five bucks each. And I will draw a name out of that group every Friday at 11 a.m. So let's pretend it's you. I'll call you up. I'm like, hey, you're the winner. You're this week's winner. Which card would you like for me to turn over? Just say a number. Uh, Three. Okay. So then I do a video and I turn over card number three. If it's just, say, a three of spades, well, that's fine. We'll write your name on the card. Leave it there. The money rolls. The money rolls over, and the ticket buying starts all over again. However, well, there's also some really cool local gift cards. Under There's a $100 gift card to the landing, $50 to Madison. There's six $25 gift cards to the Cape Fox Lodge, and everyone loves this one. Under one of those cards are two round-trip tickets on Alaska Airlines. Ooh, yeah, so you could turn over a prize, and the money will still roll. But so I, did a, I got a little curious, and... Generally speaking, I mean, in theory, there's 52 cards that could go all year long. But um, in the last three boards that we've done, it's been in the 30s. In the 30-something is seems to be when that queen gets turned over. Um, the other thing that we added also is if you turn over any other queen, um, we'll, we'll feel bad for you because you got, probably got all excited, but we'll give you 150 bucks. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> the, it's the queen of hearts is, is, the winning, is the winning card. But our biggest prize winner took home $6,500 last year. Wow. And so this is money that we put in the Chamber Scholarship Fund. Nice. So that's how we fund people like Verona Camberry getting her nursing degree and and all sorts of other really cool things. So that is happening. And then put this one on your calendar too, people. January 19th at 2 p.m. I'm going to confirm that later today. We're partnering with Char to bring a presentation up at the Cape Fox Lodge about there's been some pretty significant liquor law changes uh, recently, specifically uh, affecting breweries to a certain degree um, and some other stuff. So if you are in the hospitality business, you might want to check it out free, open to members. So you can go check that out. There's always stuff happening. Don't forget every Monday afternoon is when our newsletter goes out you know some of you people have problems with your emails and you're not getting my newsletter so I do a little added extra bonus for you people as I put the link on our Facebook page you can find it there you know it just gets in spam or whatever you know (laughs) anyway if you're not getting it and I know 31% of you are opening in that. I know that for a fact. You can get it on our Facebook page. It'll give you the 411 of what's happening at the Chamber. Hey, that'll do it all for this week. Don't forget, we will not be back next week. It's Martin Luther King Day. But we will be back on January 23rd. And we will have our friends from Sebia in the house. Have a great rest of your week.